Legends, Folklore, and History of New England. A podcast for kids, by kids. Hi everyone, welcome back. Today we are going to be talking about the Great Freeze of 1857. Since we are heading into winter, it seems like a great time to share the story. Oh, by the way, I'm Bridger. And I'm Molly. Okay, so a little background here. Did you know there was a little ice age from around 1300 to 1860 or so? There were stories of being able to walk across rivers in New York in the winter months because they were frozen solid. Here in New England, you don't need an ice age for rivers to freeze up or for piles of snow to come down. But towards the end of the little ice age, there was a series of weather events that were historic. December in the year 1856 was pretty normal. Some snow had fallen, it was coldish, but nothing crazy or unusual. Then, on December 17th, the temperatures plummeted. Also, that's my birthday. Yep, so it was 12 below zero in Mass and 16 below in Maine. The next day was the coldest day ever since records were being kept. It didn't get above zero anywhere in the region. On December 23rd, the first of what would be 32 total snowstorms began. On January 3rd, 1857, another hit, and railroads became impassable. A gentleman who worked at a bookstore on Westminster Street in Providence recalled, The snow started on Saturday and continued all night and into the next day. Westminster Street was a bed of two feet thick ice over a month. Then, just five days later, another storm hit. Trains again were stuck. Only one got into Providence late in the evening. Omnibuses from Pawtucket, just a few miles away, couldn't get to Providence. Narragansett Bay in Newport was frozen solid. The only people to reach Providence ice skated their way there. Not a single ship came into Providence for 10 days. Trying to keep warm, fires were constantly kept going, and those living in dense cities like Boston and Cambridge quickly became aware of the threat of a fire. Multiple fires broke out with efforts to fight them hindered by the freezing temperatures. In Laconia, New Hampshire, firefighters tried saving the railroad shops while battling weather 30 degrees below zero. And the Vermont State House was lost that winter to fire. On January 6th, temperatures had had again dropped below zero. A workman at the Vermont State House was preparing for a meeting the next day and started heating the building. He had closed several vents which overheated the furnace. Flames shot up through a floor register and the fire quickly spread up the dome of the state house. Firefighters began battling the blaze with help of the townspeople who were throwing chunks of ice and snow at the battle. That seems like an inefficient way of fighting it. Yeah, but what else could they do? True. Okay, so it seemed like the fire was finally under control and then Mother Nature was like, thick and a wind whipped up, fanning the flames again. The only thing saving this now out-of-control fire from spreading to the rest of downtown were the snow-covered roofs. When the fire was finally extinguished, only the granite walls were left. The state house you visit now was the one they've rebuilt after the fire. Also, Mount Pillar is a really cool town to visit. Go check out the State House. There are several great restaurants and some really cool shops in town. And if you go to the Green Mount Cemetery in town, there is a haunted statue, Black Agnes. Sit on her lap under a full moon at midnight, and you might die and take seven friends with you. I don't want to die. But anyway, back to the cold. 
Okay, so on January 17th, a giant cold front moved in throughout most of U.S. Woodstock, Vermont saw 30 degrees below zero. People thought it was too cold to snow. The next 10 days proved them wrong. Snow across the regions reached 2 to 3 feet. The fierce winds that came with the storm caused damage to the steeples and trees across the region. A ship heading to Boston wrecked off the coast of Swampscott, Massachusetts, and all lives were lost. An additional 17 ships were pushed on shore and in Provincetown on Cape Cod, and the wind literally blew a house down in New Bedford. So if you don't live where it snows, you may not know, but when it's windy and snowy, wind can create drifts. There were reports of drifts 18 feet high across New England. One family in Essex, Mass., had their second-story windows covered and, without the help of neighbors, would have been trapped in their home. In Castleton, Vermont, an avalanche buried a farm and home of the Clark family, burying their baby in its cradle. But don't worry, the baby survived unharmed. Narragansett Bay was frozen solid with 14-inch thick ice until mid-March. But the destruction wasn't over yet. All that solid ice and snow will will melt eventually. And the wet weather continued in unfrozen form. That means flooding. Lots and lots of flooding. In Connecticut, the Housatonic River flooded, taking bridges connecting the two shores with it. Finally, they thought they were clear. But then on April 21st, another snowstorm hit the area, blanketing it in two feet of snow. And in Bartlett, New Hampshire, every single bridge was washed away. In the beginning of the end of a horrible winter came on May 17th when ice formed in in Litchfield County, Connecticut. Steamboat historian Henry Whittemore called it a tremendous winter in 1893 in retelling how they had to break through the ice in order to get cotton delivered, noting that the bay was as low as Bristol, Rhode Island was encased in ice. And Henry David Thoreau, the naturalist and poet from Concord, Massachusetts, had several writings about the storms he experienced that year. Well, more than several. He has a ton. He kept, he basically kept a diary that year. It's kind of interesting to read. We will link it on our website for you. But you can also go visit Walden Pond in Concord, Massachusetts, where he lived, and find out more. Walden Pond is a great place to go explore. It's really pretty during any season. We went with our Auntie Ashley and Uncle Sean a few years ago and had a lot of fun. So that's it for the Great Freeze of 1857. Obviously, there have been other major storms in the area. Just ask anyone over the age of 45 and they will be happy to tell you about the blizzard of 78. But that winter of 1857 was the tail end of the Little Ice Age, which is kind of a natural occurring trend in the Earth's climate. We haven't had another, but with global warming, our weather patterns are getting all messed up. So next time the weather is acting weird, it might be all for our fault for not taking care of the planet. We are getting excited for sledding and tubing and ice skating. We hope you all have a great winter. Or summer for those listening in the Southern Hemisphere. And we'll be back f- next week for the final episode in Season 3, Revolutionary Ghosts. Have a story you want to see in Season 4? Send us an email at contact at lfhne.com. See you next week, and remember, history is fun. And sometimes a little spooky. <laughs> Norse. <laughs> Snow. Five. <laughs>